It's great to have you joining us on Radio Free Georgia's In Tune to Nature program. I'm host Carrie Freeman coming to you in December of 2023 from Atlanta in the Muscogee Creek Territory in the Piedmont region that's in the foothills of the Appalachia Mountain Range. Today we're going to be talking about a new book of poetry and photography titled Wild Atlanta, Green Spaces and Nature Preserves of the City in the Forest with the book author and poet Stephen Wing and the book's photographer, Luz Wright. This 98-page full-color poetic photo book is an artistic tribute to Atlanta's gorgeous public forests and parks for humans and wildlife to share. One of the reviews for Wild Atlanta is from a local teacher, Terry Evans, who writes, while reading Wild Atlanta, I found myself conflicted. I wanted to stay with the book, absorbing the images created by the words as well as the photographs, but at the same time, I felt compelled to run out of my house to see for myself the gardens, fields, and forests that Stephen describes and lose documents and pictures. The poetry drew me in with its joyous depictions of places both familiar and undiscovered. And the website for the book is wildatlanta.net, wildatlanta.net. Let me tell you about our guests. Wild Atlanta poet Stephen Wing discovered the wilderness in the summer after ninth grade, traveling by canoe through the boundary waters of Minnesota and suddenly the world made sense. The son of Methodist missionaries, he grew up in Southeast Asia and returned to the States to attend high school in the Chicago suburbs and earning, earned a writing degree at Beloit College in Wisconsin. He spent his 20s traveling the country by thumb and settled with his wife in Atlanta in the 1990s. For over a decade, he's hosted his Earth Poetry Workshop once each season, exploring Atlanta's many urban wild spaces. He's the author of three other books of poems and the Earth Poetry Chapbook series. He is now mostly retired from a 30-year career as a recycling coordinator. He serves on the boards of the Lake Clare Community Land Trust and Nuclear Watch South. His website is stephenwing.com, and Stephen is spelled with a P-H in the middle. <laughs> Wild Atlanta photographer Luz Wright was born in Bogota, Colombia, and grew up rebelling against a culture of gender inequality. At age 22, she moved to Paris where she obtained her first camera. Exploring the legendary beauty of the city through its lens was a revelation. After hitchhiking from farm to farm across Europe as a seasonal worker, she met her husband and they moved to Connecticut. There while raising their daughter, she began to win awards for her photography. Luz and her family moved to Atlanta in the late 1980s and she earned her master's of arts at Georgia State University. Then she packed her camera and spent nine years traveling in Europe and Latin America. Luz speaks three languages and has lived in seven different countries and visited 25 nations so far. Wow. Welcome, Luz and Stephen. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm interested in how the seeds of this book got planted. Tell us, how did the two of you join your creative energies to develop this lovely Wild Atlanta book? Well, it kind of grew like a natural thing. Um, my workshops every season over many years uh, resulted in poetry that I brought home from each place. And after a while, I noticed that the stack was kind of getting pretty thick. And I realized that it could be a book, um, but it really needed pictures to be complete. So I started uh, asking around, speaking to photographers, and uh, actually Liz was the second one that I spoke to and she just um, lit up at the idea. And um, so she began tracking my footsteps, going back to all the places I had been and coming back with amazing pictures. 
And um, all this time I was laying out the book and just leaving large blank spaces for <laughs> pictures. And I just began filling in those blanks until um, she caught up with me. And eventually uh, the book kept accumulating every season, a new poem and more pictures. And it was difficult to uh, find a publisher for it. So I ended up applying for a grant from the city office of cultural affairs. And I got the grant, I think because it was an unusual project for them and it kind of gave them a little variety in their presentations. So, uh, so the book was published last May. Uh, we had our official launch in June and uh, we've both been fairly busy ever since trying to um, get the books out to people. Yeah. I see your speaking schedule at the wild uh, Atlanta.net site of, of local spots around town. So yeah, this is great because it's it's heralding so many beautiful places um, in our community, you know, so it's really special for us. That's and it is amazing. a magical combination, the poetry with the photography. Yes. Yeah. So I'm glad you added that visual element too. But the amazing thing yeah. is that I keep discovering more places. Yeah. Um, I have a lengthy list of places I'm going to still go with my workshop and I'm still writing more poetry about new places I find. So there's going to be a, maybe a wild Atlanta too. <laughs> Wilder. <laughs> possibility. Yeah. Well, <laughs> speaking of all the different parks, to give us a quick taste of the many public parks featured in the Wild Atlanta book, Stephen, let's have you name some of your favorite parks that are listed in the book. And then Luz, you can do the same, just include maybe including a few of the public spaces that might be lesser known gems. Well, the interesting thing is that all the places that we go to, originally they were one big park. Um, the whole landscape of Atlanta is, is kind of a unified uh, topography and terrain. And uh, it's just been filled in and these little pockets have been saved, but the, you can picture them how they con connected originally with the different yeah. creeks. Um, there's a series of parks in Decatur that are all on one creek. And, and so the topography is not all that different um, but my favorites are the one close, closest to home. Fraser Forest is near me, and also Woodlands Garden is very special. Uh, the, the ones that stand out for being unique are Arabia Mountain yeah. and uh, uh, Constitution Lakes, which is a, a, a major wetland. Um, but of course, right in my backyard is the Lake Clare Community Land Trust, and that is um, Close to close to my heart, I'm on the board there. Yeah. And where we started all this was Oakhurst Community Garden, which is not a forest, but it's <laughs> obviously a natural space, and it shows how the human community is part of nature. Just to go there, yeah, yeah. And Luz, what about you? What parks do you particularly like that are in the book? I would say Heritage Trail Park in Cap County. One that I go back quite often is the Arabian Mountain Park because yeah. of uniqueness topography. Uh, Kirkwood Urban Forest is a very special, small one, but very special one with the trees. Dearborn Park, Dearborn Park is quite magical. I had magical experiences. I've got to go there, I haven't been there, yeah. Indicator, uh, the Blue Heron, Blue Heron is in Roswell, Sandy Springs, Blue Heron Natural Preserves, um, I, I would have to say every single part has its unique energy and its unique presence in terms of photography in these places. Yeah. 
uh, yeah, Williams Garden, I have gone back several times as well. Um, let me see, let me see. We have 23 different places in here. So I can just, <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to give our, our listeners a, a, just a taste of the variety of different parks there. Um, now, Stephen, I know that some of these poems, because there's poems that go with uh, every park, I know some of these poems address environmental issues. Can you select one of those poems to read to us? Sure. Well, the major environmental issue that is uh, threaded throughout the book, and is also the big one that we're dealing with, is the, our separation from nature as, as humans. And that, I, I'm reading through, it crops up continually in poem after poem, because um, to me, one purpose of this book is to reconnect people to these spaces. And of course, um, a little uh, pocket of nature is no substitute for a real wilderness where uh, where animals can migrate right. um, in their natural range. But it's um, the purpose of the parks is mainly to reconnect people with nature. So I really encourage people to go and seek these places out and just uh, feel how they they speak to you. Yeah. But um, to, to pick a, a single issue that crops up in the book would have to be climate change which is also the major challenge. The, the reason why we need to reconnect with nature is to try to um, get more in line with uh, nature's limitations. So there's a poem I wrote at the Land Trust, which is called Last Man on Earth. The air is cool today, damp and fresh against my skin. But if I glance up against any dark shape, I see the tiny swimming specks of raindrops like microscopic organisms under the lighted lens of afternoon. Years ago, or even last year, this would have been a winter day. Today, the birds around me in every direction clamor instead, spring. So what? The climate is changing. We only have to rip the pages from the calendar and shuffle them. Call this March instead of February. Hiding here in the bamboo thicket, invisible even to the birds, I can pretend the noises of the city and that airplane droning overhead are no more than delirious memories of ancient times when humans swarmed the earth. The birds are a different matter altogether. I can't imagine them away. Even the thought of trying makes me start to disappear a little around my edges into damp spring air. The birds clamor on, oblivious to whether I go or stay. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And that that's a great example of how the poems in the book are not just like, hey, this is a beautiful place. Look at that flower. I mean, there. <laughs> this is like, that's what I think I would write if I tried to write poetry. But it it more is like, like issues crop up, but and then it makes you just think differently about a place while you're still describing how beautiful it is. And so that's what's so unique, I think, about your poetry. It's just really it adds an interest to, and you bring people and animals into it and um, and, and different issues, which I, I think is a wonderful way to make the book meaningful and make each part unique, you know, to I see your experience. As, I see it uh, more like a conversation between me and the place yeah. where I'm standing or sitting. That's it awesome. very much speaks to me and I'm just talking back like a typical human. <laughs> 
Um, and I know that you included Entrenchment Creek Park in DeKalb County, and you mentioned in the introduction how it needs protection. Can you read us a bit from that poem on page 50 about how the city needs to eat? I kind of yes. liked that line related to Entrenchment Creek Park. Yes, when we were there, I was very aware that it was uh, in danger and um, that crept into the poem. So here's a segment of the poem about um, Entrenchment Creek, which is called One Wet Boot, which gives you a hint of the story behind the, the poem. But um, a city's root system is shallow but vast, spreading across the continents under oceans and ice caps seeking out hidden veins and seams of fuel for its endless fires. Because the city must eat, it preys on nearby towns and smaller cities, remnant scraps of forest and farmland, distant jungles and marshes and gardens of kelp. No speck of green is safe from its grazing flocks of machines. And this park, any park, any so-called protected green space, might turn out to be merely sustenance preserved for a future feast because the city must eat. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's strong. And, and that Entrenchment Creek Park, if I'm not mistaken, is part of the um, South River watershed, and then it may get implicated in the uh, Cop City project as well, or it's, it's near there, right? right? Well, yeah. right across the creek is the old prison farm, which right. is okay. they're actually clearing land for Cop City right now. Right. Uh, right. Still um, very much um, undecided, the future of that project. Yeah. But um, Entrenchment Creek was originally slated to be uh, turned into a movie studio. It was mm -hmm. going to have the largest soundstage in the country. Wow. And um, that deal looks like it has fallen through. Oh, good. Thanks to... County Commissioner Ted Terry from DeKalb County, and he is leading the charge to have it um, reopened as a park. And yeah. some of the damage that was done by the developer, um, a, a gazebo in the parking lot was torn down. I think some of the paved uh, pathways were torn up, but there's money actually slated to um, replace that, replace those infrastructures and open it again as a park. That's but it is where a lot of the controversial um, events happened. Right. Uh, the the um, music yeah. concert that was raided and so forth. So right. that hopefully has been saved. Included it in the book. Yeah. But I encourage people to keep track of that yeah. and, and support Commissioner Terry and keep our parks um, parkland. And also um, on that same page, um, Luz, you took a beautiful picture of an apple green snake at Entrenchment Creek Park. And I've never seen a snake that looks like that. I mean, anyway, so do you just came across him? Was he sunning himself or something? It was a very special moment, I would have to say. This park, Entrenchment Park, was one of the very few that we both visited. Yeah. And the reason for that it was very the park, the entrance to the park was very difficult to locate, to go into it. So we met at the parking lot and we started walking toward the woods. And I started talking about the book and I just mentioned, you know, Stefan, what is missing in the book? We already have several photos taken, some of the, the poems were already in place. And I mentioned a snake. Yeah. So we were walking around the path and we saw this moving creature on the ground. 
and was part of the green apple, the apple green snake right there. And as clo closer, we were talking about it. a snake, and then a snake appeared. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I never, I rarely <laughs> see snakes, so that's cool. Oh, I see them everywhere. It's like a I special connection with this creature, with this being. I need to start. So, Part of, but that was yeah. one of my favorite <laughs> pictures in the book was of that snake. But I also, but Luz, I wanted you to pick a park or a wild space from the book um, and just spend a minute describing uh, the photos and how you decided upon those images to capture the magic and diversity of that particular park. Okay, I have decided to talk about Heritage Trail Park, which is in Capcani. Yeah. Um, the very first photo on that, on that part of the book is on page 32. Uh, on page 32, okay, the park is divided into different trails. When you get into the park, you, you park your car, you start walking on a ground trail, and then suddenly it becomes a broad walk. It's a wooden broad walk. It's a huge structure that goes through the park. Uh, as I approach this particular photograph, I notice the geometry of the broad work is a complete circle, it's a semi-circle, and it goes way into the wood. So it's an invitation to explore farther down into the woods. And as and at a distance, I saw this leaning tree. Yeah. And so I start questioning what is what is happening with this leaning tree? How is it is it carried through so we can go continue the path? Or what happened with the broad work at that point, the rail? So I came across to it and I noticed that the person or the people that have built the broad work with the rails have built the rails around the tree. So in other words, the tree is simply leaning against the rails and it continues to grow up to the sky. So so that's you have to kind of walk under the tree when you're on the boardwalk. Right, they, exactly. Yeah. That exactly. picture really stood out to me. Like when I saw that picture of that beautiful boardwalk kind of weaving through the trees like that at Heritage Trail Park, I was like, oh, I have to check. I've never seen, I've never mm -hmm. been to that park, but that I was like, this is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And the, the other two trees that are standing next to it are protecting that tree from falling down. Yeah. As well, we'll know, I have been doing some research on the last, since this project and there's people that have find out how, how trees protect themselves and how they send messages throughout their complex root systems and the fungi that exist yeah. down on the ground. So that's beautiful. The picture on the page, on the following page, 33, I, I see it as, a, as an art composition in that photograph. I see it's an art composition created by the sunlight, how the sunlight touches every single leaf that's falling down into the ground, that's floating in the air, and how the green and the yellow shades of the greens is a perfect contrast with the yellow ground and the river that is floating and calm down the stream. At the bottom of the, of the river, you see these soft round rocks. It's a very special view. The soft round rocks, are I haven't seen that before. It's very symmetric. So the symmetry of these round rocks on the bottom and the green and the shade and how the sun hits these particular places makes it a, like a, a, a paint almost of yeah. piece of art, piece of art. Beautiful. beautiful. The next one is, is um, page 34. Oh, it's a green cricket. Oh, uh, that one is, I didn't that know one, it was a grasshopper. He's so pretty. 
It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. As I walk into the woods, uh, I calm myself down and disconnect completely from the outside world. Time stops, completely ceases to exist. And I very center into sounds, smells, light. And I hear this sound in the bushes and it called my attention. And I just came very close to it and see what was going on in there. I was very curious. And as I came closer, the, the grasshopper started coming out of the shaded part of the brushes into the, the sunny part of the process. And it came out very slowly. And so I waited until the sun was hitting the body completely. So yeah. I could almost see through the body of this insect and capture, it stays there for a few seconds. It just stays there. Like, wow, I'm beautiful. Take my picture. Here I am. Because <laughs> so, he just... looks so, you've got the leaves in the picture too. And he looks like a leaf because he is almost translucent green. He's designed to blend in. Already. I mean, and I'm surprised you could even see him because he's so camouflaged. So that's a beautiful that connection cool. there. Yes. Yeah. And and the page 35, the butterfly, the yellow tail. Uh, I have always, always encountered butterflies in all my walks all over the world. This is this is something that happens always. And this particular one, um, this particular one landed in my hands. Yeah. And wow. as I took I took a close look at it, it was it was time for it to depart it. He was looking for comfort. He was looking for a place to just let go. And so I, I looked at it and I gave it the time he needed to just rest, comfort, and let go. Yeah. And I just placed it, placed it softly in the ground and I took the photograph of the, of the beautiful butterfly. Yeah, I love that. If you're just joining us on Radio Free Georgia, this is In Tune to Nature. And I'm host Carrie Freeman talking about the poetry and photography book, Wild Atlanta, Green Spaces and Nature Preserves of the City in the Forest with its poet Stephen Wing and its photographer Luz Wright. Um, we really don't have that much time left, but and we've already mentioned a few animal creatures uh, that were in the photographs, but Stephen, could you uh, read us an example of an, a poem where it incorporates um, a, a non-human animal, because there's also lots of that in the book, and I like to talk about that on the show. <laughs> yes, of course. Well, my uh, my special connection is with birds, mm. and they make frequent appearances in the poems. Um, this was one from Woodlands Garden Indicator called Business is Business. Mm. The hawk hunts, kills, eats, and hunts again. Business is business. He never takes a day off. From a high branch at the tip of a tall swaying pine, he watches for a quick furtive movement he knows well. I glance up as he glides across the emptiness from that branch to another where he watches again. I am hunting too. The arc of his flight fills an emptiness I had somehow forgotten. I too satisfy my hunger. Soon I too will be hungry again. Oh, I like that how you weave yourself into it and find uh, ways that you relate to the the our animal neighbors <laughs> that are in the community there too. 
because we have so many beautiful hawks in Atlanta. That's probably because we are uh, flush with squirrels and chipmunks around here. <laughs> so there's a lot. I'm surprised the hawks are and, and owls are are everywhere. So I, I really I liked that aspect of the book. It's 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 brings it's about us as animals and as wildlife kind of mixed in uh, with the wildlife, and I, I find that really beautiful. Now we need to wrap up, but for anyone who's interested in obtaining a copy of the book, Wild Atlanta, I know you have a website for your book at wildatlanta.net. Um, Stephen, can you tell us what are some of the local bookstores where people can find Wild Atlanta? Well, right in our neighborhood, we have um, Acapella Books, Sevenanda Natural Foods. Uh, there's a, a new bookstore on McClendon called Bibliotech. Oh. Um, we're also at Eagle Eye and Karis Books and Little Shop of Stories in Decatur, Tall Tales in Toco Hills, Phoenix and Dragon in Sandy Springs. And there is a complete list on the website in case there's one in your neighborhood, you could avoid paying shipping. Uh, yeah. Just into it's your nice. local independent store. Right, yeah, nice to support those local bookstores. Um, and Stephen, just uh, quickly, where can people find out how to join you for your earth poetry sessions at the various parks each season? All right. Well, well, first, I just want to mention quickly, um, I have a reading coming up at Bibliotech yeah. on McClendon, 1390 McClendon, right at Oakdale. That's on Sunday, December 17th at 3 p.m. with okay. some other poets from the Earth Poetry Workshops. So please join us. And to get on the email list, if you're a poet, um, you can go to my website, stephenwing.com, and just uh, drop me a line there through the contact form. Love okay, and that's stephenwing.com, and Stephen is spelled with a P-H in the Yes, middle. thank you. Yeah, that's great. Well, that's the end of our show, but I want to thank you, Stephen Wing and Luz Wright, for being with us on Radio Free Georgia's In Tune to Nature program. Thanks for creating this lovely tribute to Atlanta's wild spaces so we can further appreciate and support them. Please do. Thank yes, you. thanks so much for having us. Thank you so much. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to In Tune to Nature, broadcasting every Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, online at wrfg.org and on Atlanta radio station 89.3 FM. We post action items, news, and podcasts on the show's website, facebook.com forward slash In Tune to Nature. The views and opinions expressed on the show do not necessarily reflect those of WRFG, its board, staff, or volunteers. I'm one of those volunteers. I'm host Carrie Freeman asking you to please support independent, non-commercial media like Radio Free Georgia. And remember to take care of yourself and others, including other wild species and wild spaces. Thanks for listening. Cheers.